welcome to the Radiant Design Living Show. This is a show about beauty, faith, and abundance, and a new paradigm to experience magic in everyday living. Hello, hello, and I am Deborah Brown, your co-host for the show, the Radiant Design Living Show. And for the moment, I am going to hope that the technology gods play nice because I know that my co-host, Donna Bell, is attempting to get into the program, and so far we are not seeing her on my screen. So as soon as I do, we will certainly pop her in here. In the meantime, I can tell you that this has been a wonderful time talking about beauty and space with Donna Bell. She has written many books on the subject, and I am just absolutely in awe every time we talk about the various elements of beauty and space in a brand new way. It's just so wonderful. Um, I just got a message from Donna to send the number again, and I have done that, so forgive me for stretching. Have you ever seen on TV where they say, do they do that little thing that looks like stretch, stretch? Well, that's kind of what I'm doing, because I was expecting her to be here, and she was too. Aha, I see her. We are now in business. Hold on one second for me. And I am trying to get her, and I believe I have my good friend Donna Bell. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. (laughs) I'm doing a talk this morning on allowing. You remember? I know. That's what's so funny. I have to talk about. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll do that. But what I want to say is, um, everyone, just (laughs) please ignore all of the first minute and a half. (laughs) It was my version of. I know she's going to be here. She said she would. <laughs> so anyway, it's not, let's just brush that off and get right into the show. <laughs> All right, we're here. And we are live on the air, so we want to be, um, we want to be uh, cognizant of that. So what yes. exactly do you mean by allowing? Well, I just spent uh, 10 minutes trying to get connected to you. That's one example in which the area on my phone where I have everything, uh, you know, I have double support, you know, with the number and everything in two different areas. Neither area would work. And then you sent it to me, and literally it disappeared our text messages. So I couldn't click on the number that you sent me. So I sent back to you right away. This is what's called allowing. (laughs) About this time, you want to throw the phone across the room and just say, okay, well, we're just not meant to do this, and we'll do a show next time. (laughs) Well, let me just say real quick that on my end, I'm watching the countdown because if anybody has ever done uh, one of these blog talk shows, they know that they get, uh, basically you start in in the green room, so to speak, about 10 minutes early, and then you watch the countdown, and then... I'm getting down to a minute, and I'm still by myself. And I'm thinking, well, now this is interesting. And then I realize I've got to let you know I'm going to have to disable this in 40 seconds or go by myself. You know? And so I am also allowing. <laughs> I am allowing as long as humanly possible before I have to pull the plug. Now, how interesting is that, that I trusted that allowing you know, and even though I was a little yes. on the frust- frustrated side and a little nervous, right. I was thinking, okay, I think that this show is about allowing. How about if I just put that in practice? 
Very good. Very good. <laughs> I, I had, you know, you go ahead and you have everything structured and, and, and with plenty of time around it, right? Well, there were three different things before I got to the show this morning. I had to leave early for an emergency. Then I got that taken care of. Then I came back. Then I found out that my son was in need of something very, very, you know, immediate. So uh, I just set everything aside, and I just said, okay, God, this is all going to work. I'm going to be able to attend and support him and still be able to be on the show. And I was willing, I was willing to not go on the show if we couldn't get through the thing that was happening for him. But I trusted, okay? I allowed the space. So every degree of what this show is about today is what's called allowing. (laughs) So thank you, Deborah, for your allowing. Right. So let's let's actually have a, a definition. We've experienced it today on both ends of this call. You're in Colorado. I'm in Arizona. And we are um, allowing each in our own separate space to create something in a common space. So right. that's, that's one thing. But in terms of our own personal allowing, that has to do with non-judgment, right? It has to do with... Exactly. Um, so talk about that. Give us a definition, the Donna Bell definition well, I of, of allowing. Well, I could have started judging my morning, Okay. And um, and then I had an appointment that absolutely is always on time, every single time at 9 o'clock, and I went over and I did that. And they didn't open the doors. So that was another allowing. In other words, nobody was there. They didn't get there till 15 after, which is very unusual. And I've got a big event today, so I'm just going, okay, I'm talking on allowing. So this is just a perfect example of what allowing is. Allowing is not to bring any of your past into the moment, okay? So I could say, oh, shoot, you know, nothing ever goes the way I want it to, and it's really, really important, and I've got to get all this stuff done. Every kind of issue that can possibly show up just shows up on me from every direction. Well, that's me feeding into the allowing, okay? So if I go there, and I start judging and bring my little bag of tricks called the past along with me, then what happens is I can have a whole day of that because I happen to bring in the past. I'm not being fully present to the allowing. And the amazing thing about any opportunity of allowing, even if it's frustration, okay? So I've been being prepared for this call. And I saw yesterday that frustration, when we reach that point of frustration, it is such a gift. It's actually what I call a trigger. If I recognize that I'm getting frustrated, I know that somewhere in there is the pony. And so what I mean is the story goes the man brings uh a little girl is given some manure, and uh, and she doesn't see it as manure. She sees it as the pony. Where's the pony? Okay? Mm-hmm. So in this moment of realizing about frustration, frustration is actually even a gift. And I got really pondering that. And the more I pondered it, 
the quieter everything became for me to realize that even frustration and these kind of emotions that come up are the opportunity for me to allow and to receive what's on the other side of what is giving my reaction. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So and you yeah, actually and, and may also, have a gift in it. Right. And I also want to talk about your concept of receiving, which is different from a lot, what a lot of people might think receiving is. Um, but before we go there, because I've made a note of that, um, so it's interesting that you say frustration is a gift. I would say it's only a gift if you have um, learned how to open that package and not feel like it's going to blow up in your face. <laughs> right, right. Well, one thing, it's a gift for me to realize, oh, something's triggering me, okay? I need to just relax. This is the way it is. The frustration isn't going to help. Sometimes frustration can be a gift because it will drive me right to the edge to get so mad I stand up for myself and there's just no more of whatever that was that was going on. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, and I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. That's an allowing. I'll allow it to be the way it is in, in how deep that frustration goes. But most of the time I find that frustration is how it's an opportunity for me to see when I'm trying to control the issue at hand. Okay, the more that I can allow what's going on and not become frustrated, just like with the radio show today, I kept breathing. I kept saying, okay, this is no coincidence. You're doing the talk on allowing. So as I did that, I was laughing. So I just kept listening for what is it the next thing I can do? How can I get this? I knew there was a time limit I had. But it wasn't in time, okay? It was just for me <clears throat> to find the natural way that I could make the connection. So I went through four different areas. And then I finally said to Deborah, I said, send me the number again. She had already sent it, but already the chat box had disappeared. So I called this gremlins. There were a few gremlins that did not want me to speak today about allowing. <clears throat> When I was in my coma and I came out of the coma and I had to live for four years in recovery, I learned the principle of allowing every moment. I learned that the way my pictures were weren't going to be the way it was. The way that it was, wow, it was the way it was. So when I couldn't move in the beginning, and I wasn't able to talk. Now, this is a real good allowing. Try this. I'm thinking I'm communicating to everybody after I come out of the coma, and I've got these wonderful friends around me, and they're all excited, and they've got a pen in my hand. And I literally do an erector set communication. In other words, whatever that sand little thing that you get, you shake it, and you move the light by turning Mm -hmm. the dials. Yeah, the etch Well. Etch-a-sketch. 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 I etch-a-sketch my first communication. 
Oh, my. And I kept pointing to the corner because that was my real emphasis. Of course, nobody understood me. Hopefully, all of you are understanding me right now. <laughs> we are not having an Etch-a-Sketch moment. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> no, I hope not. We are not. <laughs> but, but there's nothing more frustrating than to think you've thoroughly communicated, and I'm sure all of you have had that happen, and everybody's left with the days on their face. Well, in my case, it was an Etch-a-Sketch, and it was all these different lines. It was the only way I could connect the dots. I wasn't able to speak language yet. Knew what I was saying, but nobody could understand it. So then I go through this four years of recovery, and so I learned that every moment, even when I'd be walking across the kitchen, have a glass in my hand, and know that before I reached the sink, I could drop the glass. Now, that's kind of hard. And um, and there were times the glass dropped. But the thing is, I kept trying it. I kept, tr- I kept trusting it. And eventually, I was able to, you know, things shifted for me. But then when the glass would drop, I know it's like, well, why did she walk? Why did she do that? Well, I was I was alone part of the time, and I was just trying to, you know, take care of my space. And sometimes it would be a mistake. But the thing is, what it taught me was I, what I noticed was that how much I go into judgment. Judgment about, well, you can't hold the glass. Judgment that, well, you know you're going to break it before you get there. Judgment is, well, you need a plastic tumbler. You're not, you know, you're not in any way up to this. And, and so all those systems you know, came upon me, all those conversations. Those conversations I have found, and this is my opinion, is I know there are other kind of, uh, let's say, not-so-nice entities or systems that try to get at us. And besides that, um, there's the past of where we failed. And so I had to keep facing that, and I had to keep allowing uh, if you ever have a point where you have to deal with so much and it's, a, it's a, you know, the most challenging thing you can imagine, which it was for me coming back from a coma, I kept a journal for three months and I wrote the most uh, forsaken thoughts you could imagine in my journal. I would write them down every time I had them. I would write down the hopelessness. I would write down... Why, God, after all the experience I had, why did I have to come back? You know, why am I coming back to such pain? Was it, you know, I would write it and write it and write it. And as I wrote it, I discovered that within a couple of months, within the first month, I could go back and I could see the power had fallen away from everything I wrote. Within three months, I was no longer writing in my journals. And this is when I got to the point of allowing that I was now allowed to be able to write because in the beginning I couldn't write. So you can imagine I'm an etch-a-sketch girl not being able to write, not being able to move, not being able to do anything in the pool for a year, and then that became a journey back, a journey of, you know, the most simplest, simplest, simplest movement being the rejoicing and celebration. 
But that was allowing. So I share this. I know it's kind of a dramatic sharing. But I had to, I was to learn that it wasn't for me to bring judgment to the situation. Every time I brought judgment, it would make it harder. And so as I would allow it in whatever the situation was. And as I would allow it, I had to go through some very difficult things in my personal family. And even though they were all going through really hard things, I could allow it. I didn't go to the depths of despair that some other people might have. I kept allowing it and knowing that God had an answer, knowing that there was a door that is available to us if I didn't fill the space with the opening of the door. Does that make sense, Deborah? Sure, it does. It does. Now, what this reminds me of very, very strongly is the serenity prayer. And being serene and, you know, accepting what you cannot change and allowing, you know, what you can't change to, you know, just be. Um, being right. in serenity, being in serenity, is a beautiful place to live. It truly is, and it's and that's what I say. It's like when we have these challenges, and we can learn this. You know, we can be uh, so allowing the government the way it is, not trying to be a for or against, but living my life to the best that I possibly can, trusting that there's ways that I can make a difference but not like trying to be in opposition to making a difference. I'm not judging the situation. And that's the thing I've learned is is, uh, Greg Braden is a very great being, and he says, and I agree after everything I've been through, no matter what's going on in the world, bless it, whatever the situation. If a plane is in hostage, bless it. If a murderer is loose in the community, bless him. Bless. Bless from every degree. And when we bless without judgment, then it allows for what it is that's meant to be fulfilled for that individual, for the situation. But if I pour my judgment, judgment comes from fear. If I pour my judgment into it, that's actually going to repel the individual more. That's going to forward situations that we don't want to forward. But what ends up is that we can't allow it, so we want to fight it, and then we want to go to war, and then and we don't have any space for any other kind of answers. Instead, we're putting all our answers into the space. Right. So we're filling it up, and it's not necessarily serving the situation or ourselves. Right, because because exactly. it is potentially more negative than positive in the first place, because that's what judgment typically turns out to be, and that sounded like a judgment right there. <laughs> um, I, I know it's something. very it's very devious. It is, and and I was going to ask, can you get better at this allowing concept? Can you yes. learn it? Is it a learned skill? It is. It's to be aware. It takes awareness. So when something's going on, I'm not going to go into act. I'm not going to go into reaction. See, we've got so many people. I'll talk about different classes of people. We've got churches, and a lot of churches are 
you know, they're so giving and they're so hurtful. Others are very judgmental. Others are driving people out of the churches because of the judgment and because, oh, you have to do this and you have to do that. And I mean, it's like a lot of people are kind of leaving the flock. But Jesus was not about judgment. This is, again, my experience, okay? My experience of death on the other side included what happened for me with Jesus. And, um, and if any of you ever want to read it, very soon there will be a book coming out. But um, I've just learned. I mean, he, he's not, he wasn't about judgment. The only thing, he was about truth, I'll tell you that, when it came to the, you know, hypocrites and things like that. But he knew what, where they were coming from. He wasn't judging them. He was recognizing where they were coming from, and he would respond. And that's a different thing. And, you know, we've been told, whether it's biblical or whether it's all the different religions of the world, judge, lest ye be judged. And so any time that, and, I, and I'm not perfect at it, but I, I, I'm very practiced, okay? Practiced at being able to recognize when I'm in judgment. Practiced at being able to quiet myself, and if I can't move out of the judgment, ask for God's help. I'll just say, look, I can't handle this one. I can't even get blessed out of my mouth, so would you please, you know, support me with this. And then I become quiet and I realize some things. The yeah, thing like you, that I realize... Take, you say, you take this one. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, yeah. That, yeah, you take this. Exactly. Give it to God. You take this. But the other thing I learned was I worked with the low, I've worked with the wealthy, the middle income, the higher income, the millionaires, and the lowest of income, the disenfranchised. And the biggest thing when I worked with them was to teach everybody. At that time, we would go in and clean the houses of the low-income families. And the main thing was, was to be able to come together and experience what it is to be without judgment what it was to be with a beautiful woman that um, is the mother of uh, three gang leaders and not judge her. And when we reached that place of non-judgment as a group, it was extraordinary what happened of the miracles that we saw for the family and for all of us involved. And I just saw that because of the work I did do, I came to understand that you know, uh, I worked in prisons also. I had the privilege of that. And and the thing is, I saw that they come from generations of patterns and of shaping and of thinking the way it is. And it isn't as simple for just saying, well, if they'd have do this, well, if they do that, well, they've got the gospel. Well, they it's not any of that. We are dealing with, people and all of us are being hit by generational patterns and systems that are making our choices. We don't even know it. And when you can begin to allow, you'll start to see possibly what those patterns are that have influenced you before. Like, well, I'm just going to get it done. Well, you know, they shouldn't be doing it that way. You can hear it, but it's while you're allowing you can begin to see a system that has been really affecting you and taking away your own power as a being, as an individual. And I mean this with every single person. As we can allow, 
and see what's in it for you. Oh, my gosh, what's in it for me? You know, oh, I, could, I didn't know I could allow that much. Oh, I didn't know I could have this much patience. Oh, I didn't know I could actually be responsible to the thoughts that were coming up and not have to accept them. So allowing can be, like I say, a great gift of frustration. You can be driven by frustration and upset and anger and continue to think you have a justification for it. Or you can allow things and see that there may be others going on with that circumstance that you didn't know that is the most absolutely exact thing that was meant to happen for you, but you didn't know that's what was right for you to have happen. Your mind would want to take you to, well, you wanted a certain way. And if there's something that I've learned over these years, it never goes the way I think it's going to go. And I end up being greatly blessed. Exactly. I remember about three or four months, maybe three months ago, I had an experience where I was expecting a, a deal to close a certain way, a big transaction actually on our house. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't. The way it was supposed to go, quote unquote supposed to go, was canceled. And we ended up with a whole different transaction later. But at that time, the person who was delivering that news was pretty sure that I was going to blow a gasket because that's what most people would do. And I didn't. I just listened and I, I, I said, okay, um, all right. And I honestly said the words, okay, well, it is what it is. And then we hung up and then I happened to have another conversation with that person several weeks later and he said, I just want to tell you about the serenity that you have. And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, when I told you that we were not going to be able to do what we thought we were going to be able to do, there was a, such a serenity that was such a blessing to me when I was having to tell you that it was not going well and that we were going to have to do it a different way. He said, you just were so um, calm and you didn't, you didn't you know, have the reaction that I thought, and he said it was just amazing to watch. And I said to him, well, that's interesting because serenity, and I, I, I refer to it as serenity rather than what, what you've referred to as allowing, but I right. think it's pretty much the same thing. I said uh-huh. serenity is something that I decided about 30 years ago that I wanted to, to be known, and even to have it on my tombstone, here lies a serene woman. And I never really felt like I had fit into those shoes yet because, you know, I have some moments where I'm not serene at all. But I really wanted to be that. And I think I've grown into it. And I do think it takes practice. Isn't that beautiful? Well, it takes practice and breathing. You know, when it, when it happens, I'll just stop and I'll start breathing. Because then my mind isn't trying to conjure up some kind of thing. I don't find my mind is my best friend. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you guys out there. <laughs> you're, and, and the guys who are listening, hey, you're listening to a woman with no mind. And we're the ones who drive you out of your mind, right? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. It's like um, like you're talking about with the serenity, and to and sometimes you don't feel it. But as I I just go and okay, a lot of times what I'll say and then allowing. Well, this isn't going the way I thought it was. <laughs> right. And that's and, uh, that's just speaking ahead. truth to that's just speaking truth to power. I mean, and the other thing I wanted exactly. to say, using the word power in that sentence, power, the most amazing amount of power in the world is the power of surrender. It is. It really There's is. No greater power than surrender because um you know, you can be dug in to a thought or a belief system that is not working, it is not serving you, and then when you surrender and you and you literally live in that peace of surrender, then the the power washes over you and it's just amazing the difference. It truly is. That's really good that you say that because we live in a world right now and the when we have the least amount of anger and the least amount of, the more quiet we are, okay? No matter whether you lost your job or whether, you know, a child's sick, when you can go into that quietness, it allows you to be able to receive what you're meant to receive. And the losing of a job could be really traumatic, but... On the other side of it, it's actually the answer to a prayer you had. And that was you didn't want to be compromising yourself in the job that you're in. And then suddenly the job disappears and then you go into panic. And really what it is is answer to what your heart's desire is. And it doesn't look the way you thought it would. Exactly. And when you allow would... it in that point, go ahead. Right. No, I was just going to say, in, in the case that I was talking about uh, with this house thing, we ended up not getting one of the houses that we were looking at at a higher amount of money, which would have been probably not the right house for us on, on many levels because mm-hmm. it wasn't, things weren't lined up at that moment anymore. And we ended up in a house that I really like. It suits us really, really well. Um, it's it's just so much better on, on a lot of levels. And the day that I saw this house that we're in the first time, I felt home even before we walked in. So isn't that interesting? That isn't that beautiful? You felt it. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. that's what, in my classes, I talk to people. It's always been able to live in a world that calls to you. And there's a deep level of principles to that. But it's it, it's being so connected and as you're connected, there's this beautiful living world that responds with you. And there are systems and, you know, terms, and, and it's literally a quantum world, but it's a quantum world not in the way that the scientists speak of a quantum world. It actually is a very different kind of receiving world. So well, you're in a receiving world the way you're talking. Right, right. And and when we first started talking about allowing, I wrote down three other words that seem related, and they are prayer, meditation, and contemplation. And I would say that 
all three of those, plus the word allowing, um, lead completely to that idea of receiving. Receiving blessings, receiving um, information that you can use to better your situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Isn't that amazing? Well, and there's something else, too. Um, The... uh, so there is what's called conflict Journal of Conflict Resolution 1988, I believe is what it is. That is when uh, a certain group in the world throughout the, uh, around the country of Lebanon and Israel, mm-hmm. they uh, were in war. And so people, and it was connected to a guru, I can't remember his name, but the people would go in and pray once a day for a certain amount of time. And when they would, they and now here's the thing. Prayer can be words, okay? I'm not talking about prayer as words. I'm talking about prayer as a state of being, a feeling, okay? So they went into this beautiful feeling. And... Um, when they would do this, what they found out, this is the results of the uh, experiment, was the Lebanese-Israeli war, I think it's Lebanese-Israeli, um, stopped. It stopped completely. The uh, accident rates down went down. The accident rates in hospitals went down. The domestic abuse went down. They discovered all these very specific factors altered. The moment that they stopped the prayer, the war began again, and all the rates went back up. And so as we can experience this level of more peace within us as humanity, can you imagine what that can do? And and, and there's a there's a way of getting in touch with this, okay? It isn't just the feeling, it's a connection that we're meant to have with our planet in a whole different way. But as we do that, then there is a natural response that's connected to us, but not just of us. There is a response outside of us that can respond to us and bring about very different results as the Lebanese war and all of that, that, um, you know, stops. And so it's just so vital. If we were to be allowing, then we're not reacting as much and we're not feeding into the planet all these reactions. And so um, I'm, a real advocate, I'm a real support of supporting people to allow. And, and I do clearings. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, a healer in that way. So I support people as they go through this sometimes to be able to clear and to heal those areas that, you know, have been affecting them that make them react so much. So um, there's a lot to this learning and uh, clearing and being able to just keep allowing. So I really appreciate what you said about the prayer. Right. um, But the, the prayer of serenity. Also. Right. Well, right. And I think what what I'm hearing you say, the way I'm kind of putting it together in my mind for the moment, is 
I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to call the vibration of prayer. When you're talking about everyone basically praying at the same time, not words necessarily, but the vibration of mm-hmm. prayer and the intentionality and the the peace of it, that it also becomes the vibration for peace. Right. It becomes it becomes palpable. I mean, you probably could see like heat waves of it, or if you put a... a um, it is. It's measurable. Yeah. It's yeah, actually measurable. Yeah, they, they have measured it. Mother Earth went into a consciousness reaction, but it wasn't just consciousness, okay? Mm-hmm. She's not just consciousness. That's what people are meant to learn. But she went into a reaction before Princess Diana was killed. She went into a reaction before a major uh, quake hit. And they, they have been able to measure this on a, uh, some kind of a device. Greg Braden talks about it too. Um, but it's like a seismic device that we just don't realize. We don't realize how much effect we have upon the planet. We don't realize how much... One of the things that when I was on the other side in the after I went through my death experience, um, what I experienced was during that time, it was during the tsunami, the one that killed 250,000 people, the yeah. Indonesian tsunami. Mm-hmm. And I was showing what is behind our kind of disasters. And I didn't realize, I mean, I knew we were connected, but I didn't realize we were connected to that degree. And the more that we're willing to allow, the more that we move out of judgment, the more that we'll we'll be able to begin to see uh, a whole shift in the outcome with our world. But it's much deeper. This is a physical reality that I'm talking about, not a consciousness reality. And so, and I can't go into it right now, but but they have proven in physical that she went, that Mother Earth, the intelligence of the Earth, went into a complete reaction before these uh, disasters. Very interesting. Imagine well, if we could do that with, you know, cities before we go in and transform a city. Well, I was just writing down something that would be um, a beautiful thing to invite people to do, and and I'm going to say it as if it's never happened, and yet I know that it has happened because there have been, like you said, prayer um, co- conventions of you know convening of prayer around the world at certain mm-hmm. times and you know so forth. But to ask people to join you in a seismic vibration for peace and have that be an event that everyone is going to pray or contemplate or meditate at the same time on space and beauty. Yes, yes, that would be beautiful. And that will set a date so we can advertise it and get everybody involved. I think that because would be an amazing thing. Because it puts thing. you into a different world. Yes. None yes. of you will the be reason, the same after you do it. Right. And the reason I put it in terms of Pray, meditate, contemplate, because I don't want people to think of, you know, like um, 
the woo-woo stuff. I'm talking about anybody can do this. Anybody can just think about if you if you want to call mm-hmm. it thinking instead of praying or thinking instead. You know, you'll eventually you'll get that you're really praying, contemplating, or meditating anyway. Um, right. If you could just make yourself a moment, you know, give yourself the gift of that moment to um, just uh, One thing I could see is that it's at the moment you're talking about, uh, if I can just say this, because I sent you the pictures. Last week, um, so I'm a coach, and I coach people in uh, space, form, and beauty in relationship to our corporations as individuals and and really what it is when we truly get connected with physicality and the intelligence that is outside of us as well as inside of us. And a lot of us are not operating from an intelligence, so it's really good if you go ahead and connect with the physical too. (laughs) You discover that there really is an intelligence. But um, the thing is, is... um, I walked outside, I'd had a difficult day, and I knew I had allowed, okay? And I knew I'd come through it. And the difficult day, it isn't, I don't know how many of you, you can, you can end up having uh, issues of poverty or a struggle and upset and all those things, and then you can have all the goodness show up from every direction, and it can be just as intense. So just ponder that, and I want you to know that's a normal kind of thing. I mean, it's like all of a sudden the thing that you always desired is suddenly here, and then the demand is so great, you don't even know, you know, sometimes you don't even know which end is up. And um, and I had I had allowed, and I had allowed, and I kept responding, and I kept having to include, and I kept responding. I walked out the door no more than 150 yards and I was standing in the middle of a double rainbow. Mm. The most, I have never seen a double rainbow like this. I live in the Colorado Rockies, so I'm telling you, a double rainbow in Colorado is truly an amazing, astounding experience. I stood inside that. I felt uh, immediately I was rejoicing. I was in tears. I just, and I thought about, oh my gosh, you know, what a blessing to receive this after everything I'd gone through during the day, it was such a message, such a a magnificent acknowledgement from God. And and the thing I've seen that every time I go through allowing, and I am aware, and I and I don't, you know, I I don't harbor judgment or anything, and I just keep staying with it, even though it can be difficult. I find that in the allowing is the acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement that I'm receiving. And as I keep coming through it, and I keep coming through it with patience, and I come through it with clarity, I end up with things beyond what I could ever imagine. And uh, just like walking out and being blessed by inside a double rainbow. And I'm sure some of you have experienced that before. A rainbow is something that you know, touches all of our hearts and we'll pull off as fast as we can off to the side of the road to experience the rainbow. And then to experience a double rainbow, that is such a a phenomenal experience. It's just 
beyond words. I was taking pictures as fast as I could. And um, and it was just, and I will put it up on our radio show next time, it's just so magnificent, the experience of aliveness, of harmony, of joy, of being bathed in the love of God, of of the colors of the universe. Of, it was just breathtaking. And why I bring that up is... I think it would be really awesome when we do this, you know, for everybody to be in this, to just, I will teach you how to be able to go into that moment, a moment that is just as magnificent um, as the double rainbow. And, And when I'm a coach and I do the trainings I do, basically, you know, after being in the heavens, I came to know that being on earth, the colors, the beauty, the magnificence of what I experienced on the other side is right here in front of me. And most people don't know it. And that's one of the things that I'm so focused on in training people how to connect with these worlds in a constant way because it is, it's an earth heaven here. And we don't have to entrain to all the things that we think are happening in our world and oh I lost my job and all this stuff as you can in, as you can connect with the truth of the beauty and space and the principles that are behind that there is a different world that's available to you each and every one of you who are listening and it isn't just consciousness consciousness is a beautiful thing because I know a lot of people that follow this will be people of consciousness but it isn't that I'm talking about a physical reality that is with you in such an existence that you don't have to make up the feeling. You don't have to do anything except receive. So I appreciate being able to share that, and I think that the idea of the seismic um, difference we can make in the world through this radio show, um, we'll set a date and we'll move towards that to support everybody. And then by all means, Come in, sign in on the radio show, tell us what's happening, and then um, join with us. We'll set up a way that people can communicate during that time and everything. So thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Faith. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, So I think what I'm noticing is that you can have a double rainbow moment and miss it because you're not in awareness of space and beauty. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can see And you're so not in up. awareness of knowing you can have it the rest of your life. Right. So, so we have it as a peak experience, but not, not, as, uh, not as a living. Exactly. Exactly. So that's really what um, what receiving then is all about, is mm-hmm. awareness and quieting yourself. And yep. if you can't get quiet enough, ask God for help in quieting so you can yes. receive whatever <laughs> it is. Because if you go back then to it is what it is and no judgment, then the receiving has to be whatever it is 
And I think that's now right. wrapping this whole thing up in a bow. It's exactly what you said we were going to talk about today of what allowing is. Right. And it's interesting. Every time we have a show, and I know what our show is going to be, I don't sit, I don't sit and say, oh, we're going to do this, this. No, the show always reveals to me. So I'm revealed what my audience and what we're all connected to of what I'm meant to talk about, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, you can go into gloryofhome.com to be able to receive the free ebook. To be able to receive the ebook on teaching you whether you have elderly parents that you're taking care of or someone who has moved into your home that you're dealing with, it could be a very, very amazing paper for you to look at from the relationship of the things you have, the questions that you would ask about the things, and to start to see what it is to move through the entanglement of the past that you have that's actually holding you down in your physical environment and to tell the truth about it, not to judge it, not to judge yourself, even if you're in the greatest chaos you can imagine, that's not to judge. Chaos can be a gift. It can be the thing that wakes you up and you can say, wow, I'm just, you know, I'm done. I'm not doing it this way anymore. This is too much pain. This is too much confusion. Whatever it is, chaos can be a gift. Just like in the universe, you have order and chaos and then chaos and order. So... Um, but if we can start allowing it, we can receive each moment. Even when it comes to people concerned about government again, there are things that are releasing. There are things that are being clear. So we can see kind of like the emperor's new clothes, okay? And, um, and it's just an opportunity. Does it mean we storm whatever's going on of whatever we think is happening? doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you're being aware. And if you're aware there, you'll be aware with maybe how somebody is dealing with at a supermarket. Maybe you'll suddenly become aware of GMO foods, you know, and and wanting to protect your family. Maybe you're aware that there's a certain thing out there that's about your uh, protecting your dog, a product that came out that's going to be harmful. It's It's just... As you can allow, you can receive. You can allow and receive a rainbow and receive it for the fullness of everything that it is, the beauty, the space, who you're being in that moment, the receiving of the message. And you can allow for the disasters. You can allow for an earthquake that hits the community to go into reaction. And I've been in an earthquake. I was in the La Prieta. It wasn't about a reaction. It was about a response. Is about allowing and recognizing what had happened and seeing the things that I can make the most difference about. And even if I was crying while I was doing it, I was being moved to do it. So allow has no gender. Allow doesn't have a right or wrong. Allow is allow. And then you're able to receive and receive what is right in that moment. Well, this has been very, very illuminating, to say the least, because I do think that 
learning that concept and then practicing it and noticing when you're not allowing so that you can use that as an opportunity to say, oh, I could have probably been more patient in that moment. I could have been more responsible in that moment. I could have been more in surrender in that moment. I could have asked for help in that moment. And then go back and say the next time maybe I'll, I'll you know, well, that would be judgment, so can't do that. <laughs> so hey, it's hard. I mean, that's I mean it's I mean. like... Yeah, it it's like oh, yeah, it's like oh shoot, I just I was I had it and then I lost it, you know. But that's exactly. judgment too. So yeah, you so, went in comparison, and boy, it's hard. There's no question. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, and but you know what? It is what it is. You noticed it. Here's the <laughs> yeah, thing, Deborah. You noticed it. Right. You noticed it immediately. One of the other things that's so vital, and I've done access consciousness. And access consciousness is an amazing course. It really is. And one of the things that I experienced out of that was it's, and boy, this is a really great one for me, not to come to, I've always known it's not about attachment, okay? I can't even be attached to when people show up and I have a whole story about it and we're moving forward and we're doing all this and I get all excited and all of a sudden the person disappears. Then I'm stuck in the space and I may need to handle it or whatever, it's not for me to get attached. It's not for me to get attached to the person, and it's not for me to get attached to that um, I'm not enough. In other words, I, you know, in a given moment, whatever it is that's desired, uh, whoever's there, whatever's there, whatever's meant to be there will show up to be able to serve it, is what I'm saying. And the other part of allowing is, I've learned not to go in a conclusion. Anytime I'm in a conclusion, I'm actually shutting the door. If I were to say, wow, this is the best day I've ever had. I can't imagine anything being greater than this. I just shut the door. Isn't that amazing? It is. I didn't allow anything. Well, let me tell you something. I controlled it and concluded. Yeah, just... just (laughs) As a perfect example, perfect example, I really did have my finger on the, okay, this is not going to work button today. I really did. And I thought, for whatever reason, our technology was not matching up, and I was going to close this off and then, you know, we'll deal with it as it was going to be. I was about to, in other words, conclude. There was going to be a conclusion that I was drawing. And we would have missed... Look what we would have missed, because this has been an amazing, <laughs> amazing conversation. So good for, good for you and good for me that we, um, that we asked for help, that we quieted ourselves, that we didn't get frustrated, that we didn't give in, didn't give up. And, you know, we, we were able to create a double rainbow moment for ourselves and our audience. We sure that's, were. <laughs> that's what this is. That's exactly what this has been. So... If you could um, give us your final thought, and then I will sign us off because this has been an amazing. I am talk. going to I'm going to do a special thing for all of you. If anybody who's listening to this wants to be able to be in contact with me and share thoughts or go into the radio show, and by all means post because we've got a whole site there. That's strictly for you being able to talk back and forth. And we're going to have a chat room for people to really 
share from across the world as we go along with the radio show. But you can reach me, or if you want to be a guest with us, at Donna Bell, so it's Donna Bell, D-O-N-N-A-B-E-L-L, at RadiantDesignLiving.com. Donna Bell at RadiantDesignLiving.com. You can talk to us. We have a form that we'll send to you if you want to be able to come on as a guest. And um, you can be in communication with us. And then very soon we'll be announcing the book. The first book of the series will be coming out in October. So we'll be talking about that soon with you. So you have a fabulous day. God bless you all. And have a day of allowing ease, joy, and glory. Thank you so much, Donna. It's been a beautiful time with you as always. And everyone, I echo what Donna was saying. And please, go and make a double rainbow moment. Bye-bye now. Bye.